Russia is the next stop in this amazing 2021 F1 season. The war of wars continues between the camps of the two title contenders. Aston Martin doubles down on their commitment to F1. And will Bottas continue his torrid run? Let's jump the start. What's up, everybody? Welcome in to the Jump to Start Racing podcast. My name is Wellington. I'm here with two of my two of my friends. <laughs> they bailed on me this weekend, so yeah. Um, Ruben, how you doing today? What's going on, guys? Yeah, see. Hi. Today's the reason episode, we bailed is because you didn't call us your closest friends last week. Well, it's gonna I'm happen. I'm still again. hurt. It's gonna happen I'm again. So, on today's episode, we will crazy. talk about all week the. Most exciting race of the season. Wow, I'm just going to keep going. Uh, the Russian Grand Prix. We'll also address... We just made it exciting. There you go. The uh, the post-crash news from... Uh, <laughs> Monza. Yeah, from Monza. I'm sorry. These guys are jerks. <laughs> okay, and then from there, we will talk about a little news and go into our trivia, history, etc. for the Russian Grand Prix. Ruben, how are and you doing? And, yeah, of course. How are you doing today? Uh, I'm doing awesome. You sure? Yeah. Okay, because you came in kind of low energy. Yancy? I had two, two of those ice coolers that you gave me, whatever, mm. and they woke me up, mm. especially chul- when you're hungry. Those mm. chulas got me smiling. Nope. Yes, sir. Product placement. <laughs> <laughs> Truly, if you want to sponsor us, that would be terrific. <laughs> All right, so let's just jump right into it. The news after the crash at Monza, Lewis Hamilton... Um, was accused of a lot of things. He was accused of actually I wanna I wanna point out that this is an article from the Daily Mail. Oh, very reputable source. Very, very reputable source. Ralph Schumacher believes that Lewis Hamilton overreacted after his crash with Max Verstappen. Was faking it. Oh my neck. Oh. Call your insurance, you know, that type of thing. Subsequently, Ricciardo comes out, Danny Ricciardo, who won the race, comes out. My former teammate Max Verstappen would have helped an injured Hamilton, but since he saw him reverse, didn't think it was that serious, so he just walked away. That's more plausible. Yep. And then we see Lewis Hamilton at the Met Gala the next day. After he was wearing like the neck thing, right? After he was wearing the tire on his head, on top of the no, helmet. and the neck thing afterwards too. The neck brace. Yeah. He was wearing a neck brace. No, for for the insurance purposes. Yeah. <laughs> Can't be spreading rumors like that, man. <laughs> I didn't see him with no neck brace. That's wrong. Okay. All right, go ahead. Boys, what do you guys think? Overdramatizing, ZRI, like, what do you guys think of the action or of the of the chatter that has come out since since the crash itself? Um, what? Uh, how long after like the ending of the actual Grand Prix did he uh, did Max get the penalty? It was right, 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 right after. Yeah, got to be within a couple so was, hours. They probably was still selling it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, my driver's injured. His neck hurts. It keeps getting tighter and tighter. I, think, in his I neck. mean, the only comment that Lewis made was that he might have to see a neck specialist with. But I mean, listen, I would have done the same thing. Yeah, of course, man. You had a tire. You can see the tire marks on his helmet. Thank God the halo was there because it could have been worse. I don't think there was over-dramatizing anything. I think just Lewis has his haters, as we always see. And um, 
And I'll tell you what, Red Bull's guilty of doing the same thing after Silverstone. So it's just a part of the game. Nobody's over dramatizing anything. And if, and honestly, I think Red Bull did even worse. I mean, did an even more egregious job of over dramatizing everything after Silverstone than Mercedes did here. So uh, I don't see a big deal about it. What do you think, Moss? No, so Max was accused of not caring, right? That he uh, just walked away, didn't really pay too much attention to what, what could have been with Hamilton. The same was said about Lewis Hamilton and the Mercedes team after the crash at Silverstone. So it's like, yeah, it's, uh, uh, of course, if it's your rival, uh, all right, okay, a, that, that sucks yeah. for you, but, you know, I'm good. It's a tip for tat. I mean, uh, obviously, that's not Max's personality, but he did see him also reversing from there. And he said, listen, it's... He said it after the race. He said, at that point, I mean, it seems like, you know, he was okay. And and you just, you know, you don't, you know, you let you let your heads cool and then you talk about it later if you have to talk about it. But I don't think it was something, I think Ricardo's right. I think that if something were egregiously wrong there as far as like if he sees that Hamilton's not responding, then I think Max would have went over and tried to help or anything like that. I just think it's just, you know, chatter back and forth. They're in a championship fight. Yeah, this is good for Netflix. Yeah. <sighs> Two things. Netflix was actually with McLaren. This McLaren. Yeah. Oh, really? Crazy. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Crazy. Perfect timing. They gave him good luck. Yeah. They usually <laughs> give everybody bad luck. Yeah. <laughs> so two things. Like, for example, can you imagine if Lewis car would have backed out and he would have been continuing the race? That would have been a totally... <laughs> right? I just thought about that right Yo. now. <laughs> and the other thing is, um, is there like a... A protocol that everyone has in place when something like this happens between drivers? No, it's just a, a, like an honor code that they in, that they have between yeah, themselves. I, yeah, it's an honor. But remember, code. not a, and even in videos you, you see on like a severe crashes in the past, not every driver stops. No, no because you're, honestly, you're not really supposed to. But I mean, for but you Senna did does. see Vettel. Did. <laughs> yeah, but you also saw Vettel. Vettel stop, stop for for, for Lando. Um, for Lando. For Lando yeah. And but he didn't get out the car. He was just making sure that yeah, he yeah. was. You but know, that counts. Yeah. Like, but, okay. Yeah, I'm alright. Okay, let me keep going. But I, like I said, I think we're, I think uh, Max saw Lewis was moving, so it's not like anything like that. But um, but yeah, man. I mean, I mean, the protocol is you let the marshals handle it, and if you can drive by, you keep driving by because obviously you don't want cars on track. Um, but, it's like I always said that the actual crash that took place. You know, the actual contact was not as severe, un- you know, obviously until the car just jumped. Yeah. So that's when we made it that way. And there was no fire. And, you know, that, that's where things just get on another level where there's like at least smoke coming out. There's a fire that you, you're actually seeing the fire. That's when mm-hmm. you're going to right away, you know, jump on and, and help. But well, listen, it was, I mean, uh, okay, I jump on top of you. Thank God for the halo. But, you yeah. know, obviously nobody knew the details at that point either. So it he's still in the heat of the moment, like Ricardo said as well. You know. If it happened three years ago, it would have been more catastrophic. But also if, you know, Grosjean's crash in, in Bahrain happened two years before that, would you know, maybe he wouldn't be with us. So it's just... Um, Leclerc, too? Yeah. But, I mean, thank God they have the safety measures. This is why they put them in. Um mm-hmm. Nothing yes. more serious happened and you know, Lewis Hamilton can race another day and keep fighting for the championship. There you go. Guys, more importantly, what we're really here to talk about, Lewis Hamilton at the Met Gala. What did you guys think of his outfit? The uh, white lace skirt. 
<laughs> nah, I mean, <laughs> it wasn't. What's up, buddy, really? No, it's that. Like, obviously, I, I'm not a fashionista and stuff like that. Yeah, but... you are. You're the most fashionable one out of all of us. Yeah, right. Come on, whatever. But not on that level. Yeah. Like, I just. Ruben, I've seen you in a lace skirt. Oh, before. my God. You look cute, <laughs> too. Yancy. Yancy, please. There is something as a private life, too, Yancy. Please. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I think I mean, it looks good on you, bro. <laughs> on that level of fashionista, on, on that level as well, it's, it's tough to... Obviously, I hope that doesn't make it to the street soon because I don't know if I'm going to be wearing a skirt. Nah, I mean... I do like to see my girl with a skirt, though. I'll yeah. tell you what. The Met Gala is just a big costume party. I, From what he... Wanted, I mean, he had, like, that dress on in, uh, in, like in the Instagram pics, but I think it was just, like... The way he showed up wasn't obviously that bad because it was a suit. He maybe he had this thing like going down, but um, more importantly, um, what he was doing there, he actually bought an entire table for up and coming uh, black fashion designers. black fashion designers to get them exposure into the world of fashion, an exposure that normally they wouldn't get if Lewis Hamilton had to take him there. So how much the table? Uh, what was it like half a million or something? Something like that. That was yeah. just my guesstimate. Yeah, so I mean, it's very expensive. Uh, we wouldn't be able to afford it. Not so. We look, we're getting bite. Ruben. Um, well, well, maybe Ruben. <laughs> Ruben, you should take it to the next. Hell no. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, uh, he's staying true to his word as far as bringing awareness to people of color, and you know, bravo to him because, like I said, if wasn't for him, these young designers wouldn't get the exposure to that world to people that maybe can advance their careers um uh yeah it, it's tough to do that especially in fashion uh but he was able to do that for them uh even if they it doesn't go anywhere at least he you know he tried and they get that experience and they only grow because of that yeah that was a surprise to me what he did that but mm-hmm. it was actually very nice the action that he did that was super cool but i thought it was gonna go see him with like like a tom hilfiger thing on or something like that but then he saw that would have made sense right yeah. yeah but i mean he's been going to the met gala for the past few years so he's definitely the man, dude. yeah Jeez. he's definitely he definitely knows the right people and he can and as he's always stated he wants to be able to give uh opportunities to to talented people whether it be in f1 yeah, or in fashion um, give him the opportunity to shine. Well, so. Two industries I'm not in. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Anything else on? I thought you were an up and coming fashion designer. Was I mean, I would have loved didn't to. You, didn't you dress uh, uh, Ruben when he wore his skirt? <laughs> no. No. Hell no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I would have loved to run into Hamilton by Battery Park where he's running. Yeah, absolutely. He's here in New York City. Um, with that said, the Schumacher documentary. Came out last week. I forget what day it was. Came out last week. Um, uh, Saturday or Sunday? It was like Friday or something. Yeah. One of those days. <laughs> so it came out last week. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, I haven't watched it, but you guys both did. What did you, Yancy, what did you think uh, of the Schumacher documentary? Um, I thought it was very good. Um, But the way, I mean, they didn't. It was obviously more of a, um, the way it led up to the Ferrari years was great because mm-hmm. they showed that struggle to get to, you know, get into Ferrari a few years. It took them like a few years for even to start, Three, yeah. you know, to start being in championship contention. But 
I wanted to see more of the Ferrari years. Maybe mm-hmm. that's just me as a Ferrari fan. It felt like it was it would they 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 got to that point where he finally won, and they just like mentioned that he won five more championships with them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then obviously, I think uh, you know time time constraints always come in. So they obviously wanted to get to the point where you know he had his accident and you know his life changed forever. And, and obviously, we got to see his family and what they thought of him, but. Um, he had a pretty remarkable career, pretty remarkable life. Personal life too. Yeah. Um, one of the things that I got, um, you know, obviously when it came to Senna, that was a big part of the documentary on, in 94 mm-hmm. because he won his first championship in 94. And, um, it reminds me of today how we see, you know, a young Max Verstappen going, going up against a wily veteran seven time champion, Lewis Hamilton. And how we were robbed of that that rivalry because Schumacher was obviously an up and comer. He's he was in a championship winning car, and um, you know Senna was in the lead of that race in Imola uh, in 1994. And obviously, we all know how tragic that weekend was altogether. Yep. Uh, but Schumacher was right behind him. Um, and then I, I didn't know this, but up on you know after Senna passed away tragically. Um, the other Williams car, which was driven by Damon Hill, mm-hmm. um, which is Graham Hill's son, and obviously he's a world championship champion. Um, they were really, they, I mean, him and Schumacher was fighting to the end, to the end of the, to the last race for that championship. So, and obviously the lead driver that year was Senna for Williams. So it would have been an epic fight and it would have been great to see them go at it for the next few years, much like we're seeing now. With um, Max Verstappen and Lewis Hamilton, so uh, it, it just sucks that we got robbed uh, robbed of that, and we got robbed of a legend. We always, uh, Senna was still here with us. So. What did you think, Ruben? Uh, I think he showed also showed me because obviously I, I don't I, I know of Schumacher and stuff like that, but I don't I didn't know pretty much his beginnings as well. You know the mm-hmm. struggles, the financial struggles that they had and stuff like that, where they were like running on you. I'm tired of people were throwing out and they were winning races. You know, I wouldn't like that. say I wouldn't say it was like financial because his family was well off, but um, he uh, obviously his family ran a go kart track and he used to take like the old tires um, and still win yeah. uh, from like you know from those go karts yeah. that used to run on the track. I mean, he was well off, but it was still a struggle either way just to get it. Of course, in. yeah, yeah. And but, the, also, what um one of the highlights for me was also the after Formula One life. Yeah, where he just didn't retire and sat down in the in the backyard. No, he wanted to keep the trails, so he was jump, jumping off the planes and doing. Obviously, and that you know, obviously that's where his his accent came from. What he was mm-hmm. doing, but he was enjoying life. Yeah, and it shows you how how uh, I mean, these guys are built differently. Driver, racing drivers and, and just are built differently. So yeah, we are. are. I agree. Yeah, I mean, you know, Make you're me. always you know very competitive. Even when his wife, his wife giving us a up. hard time. Even when he, his wife said about how many jumps he'd had, or, or you know, yeah. hey, let's go to Dubai so we could jump from a plane. And like, these guys are. We could. <laughs> I wish. They're like real life daredevils, man. It's, it's pretty crazy, but uh, but yeah, man. I thought it, overall it was good. Like I said, I, I wish they would have maybe um, focused more on the legacy as far as like. No, uh, like the Ferrari years. But they did show where, like, Ferrari at one point was even doubting that, you know, did we pick the right guy? Yeah, no, no, no. I, it, it was it was very good up until the point they won the first championship, and then after that first championship, they they mentioned that he won the next five years, and we all know that. It would have been maybe a little bit more behind the scenes 
how competitive he was, how he pushed that team. Much like what Lewis Hamilton is doing now with Mercedes. Like, what are the struggles within that that fight? Because obviously, one thing is to get there, and another thing is to stay there. And obviously, Mercedes is, I mean, they're breaking the records that Ferrari made from yeah, yeah. 2000 to 2005. Um, it'd be good to see that that fight because obviously there's always fights within there. You know? I can't wait for Also that. show the yeah. the heads of, you know, FIA and Ferrari, I mean, and, and, Formula, and Formula One, Ross Braun and Gene Todd. Gene Todd, yep. That's yeah. what they, you know? Yeah, I mean, they really had a dream team at Ferrari yeah. during those years. Can't wait. That Hamilton yeah. documentary is going to be sick. Yeah, man. But you, have, you have to watch this one first. Okay, I'll watch it this week. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a tough week, man. You guys. Yeah. Tell me about it. Yeah, exactly. Um, All right, so from there, let's talk about a little more news. Uh, F1 confirms uh, the plan or their plan for mandata- mandatory Friday running for young drivers. The term is rookie, but they haven't really defined what rookie is. Uh, this is an attempt to get, I guess, more new blood, more young blood into the uh, F1 seats because it's been very difficult over the last couple of years to get a seat. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've seen some guys that uh, should be able to qualify for those seats and be good drivers, be held out. We've also seen a lot of young talent come up. So that's something that I think Ross Braun referenced. He's like, you now have George Russell, you have Lando, you have Sean Leclerc, mm-hmm. etc. Um, what does this kind of move mean for the constructors trying to get their program straight to be able to win? And what does this, what does this mean for young drivers? What do you guys think? Uh, it's important for young drivers, and it's important for teams to get them behind the wheel to see them how they handle these cars. I mean, these are the fastest cars in the world. Um, and obviously, you have very little testing in these cars. You can do simulator work all you want, but it's not the same thing as real life. Um, and it's just an opportunity for, for the rookie drivers to get more experience behind the seat um, I they have a program now in place, but the team, but it's kind of like mandatory for the teams. So well, not mandatory, but it's like voluntary, I should yeah, say. Yeah. So like this Williams is, and Alfa Romeo are the they're ones the that the, yeah, they're the, the only the ones that have that like, you've seen maybe right now. Maybe Haas. Yeah, but you haven't seen much of that this season. So now, if you make it mandatory, uh, the teams have to run a young driver in their seat uh, for I don't know how many sessions throughout the year. I think it's important for the young drivers. I think it's important for safety too, because we've also seen. Um, I mean, Mazepin is a is a rookie, but he has a, obviously a lot of experience in F two. Has driven some in F one, but you can see how He's out true. of his league he is. If you get uh, young drivers a little bit more experience, maybe they can come in. And obviously, if you have a driver out there that's not really experienced, and uh, you know, and and doing things that he shouldn't be doing. Um, it's very dangerous for all the drivers at the speeds that they're going. Mick Schumacher had uh, tests in what? Was it the Alfa Romeo? Was it the the Ferrari itself? He had a test in the Ferrari. Um, By test, I mean like he ran a practice session that I recall. Um, I know he was supposed to was run Alpha. a test with Alfa, but that that got rained out. Then he had a test with um, he had, he did have a test with uh, with Haas. Um, I'm just saying it speaks to what you were saying about Mazepin versus his own teammate. There you go. I mean, they they didn't have much. I think he got one practice session in Mick, if I'm not mistaken. But I know he got a run 
um, with Ferrari, but I don't know what the extent. Maybe it was a practice session, but I don't remember. I don't, don't want to go out on a limb and say it was. But, I mean, Mick Schumacher has had, you know, and he also one cars. also works uh, to show the drivers that are coming up to give them some exposure. Because how many F1, F2 races do I watch? Zero. Yeah, so. That's no. you. That's <laughs> they're, they're very popular. Yeah, they're very popular. No, no. I'm they're very competitive at that. That, you know, and then other than that, also, I think I read in the same article of Motorsport that uh, McLaren doesn't have a young driver's program, so no. now they're gonna have to start looking for that. No, yeah, I mean, that's so, the whole thing. You need a way for these drivers to get real world experience again. I mean, if it's yeah, current F1 drivers don't get enough time in the car, yeah, imagine a young driver who's trying to make his way up. Uh, and obviously, an F1 car is very different than an F2 or F3 car. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's, it's also very year thing. by year. Yeah, I mean, because these cars change. I mean, that's the that's what's so hard about being an F one driver. It's like, for example, you have a spec series in Indy car, where the car is more or less going to behave the same. You have some setup changes, but it's not major changes. With an F one driver, your car can be different from one week to the next, and you have to adapt to it and drive as fast as possible and get points for your team. So. Yeah, because as, as new things come out, mm -hmm. you have to have you have to put it in the car before the, the team next to you, because they're gonna eventually get, catch up to that. So yeah. if you have a first, that makes you give it a little inch. You know, I mean, F one is a whole is a whole another animal. I mean, and then you can see you can see F one drivers go to let's say Indy car, which I saw the the race at Laguna Seca or the Indy car, and Roman Grosjean was killing it. I mean, he came from like eighth place the last few laps and just started to overtaking yeah. everybody to get a podium yeah so i mean you go up there you go to indycar and you get you don't have you don't have to worry about much and you're killing if you're an f1 driver nice. you know marcus harrison had a solid year he was in the championship race up until the last week so i mean it's it was a good race next week uh i think two weeks from now i got the finale at uh at long beach is that a and, street track? Hmm? Is that a street a track? street track, yeah. Nice. And lastly, as far as our news, we are going to talk a little bit of Aston Martin. Um, maybe a little bit of Aston Martin. <laughs> he hit it. He hit. Finally. <laughs> he hit a drop. Finally. <laughs> I think we're going to treat you like we treated Wellington last year for getting the uh, podcast uh, platforms out there and train you well. So. Okay. Uh, so Aston Martin confirms they picked up uh, Vettel's option on his contract. Oh, my God. Don't don't lose it now, guys. They picked up uh, Vettel's <laughs> option. <laughs> you shouldn't have said anything. I shouldn't anything. have said anything. So they, they confirmed that uh, Seb Vettel and Stroll will be back for 2022. Also. Surprise? No. Okay. Also. Aston Martin finally broke ground on their new factory. Jeez. Tell us about it, Ruben. Tell us about our, about their new factory. Uh, I read an article earlier. <laughs> <laughs> regarding, no, I mean, these people are, are really putting foot down their commitment to F1. Like They're putting down a building a facility between 150 to 200 million euros. You just don't drop that for something you, you, know, you plan to lose. And remember, this guy's promise was to be to win a championship between three or five years. So this is the kind of things right. you have to do to do that. I'm talking about a place with like a, its own wind tone and all that stuff. Hmm. The issue that they're having now is obviously as they keep hiring more people, 
um, they have to rent temporary buildings, but it's not all in one place. Jeez. So uh, we've all been in, you know, you know, well, obviously you've been in a corporate setting, but if, or, and you, you got to kind of be in a place so you can talk and get yeah. ideas and get yeah. things out, especially when you're talking about F1 cars and building a car and engineering and manufacturing. I mean, it's a lot. Just and if you don't have everything all over in one place, if you want to compete with a Mercedes, you want to compete with a Ferrari or a McLaren, um, you kind of have to have these facilities, especially now where these teams are going to gain more value because you have a cost cap. So there's no ince- there's more incentive to stay in F1 than leave F1 now, right? And that is the, that was the goal. By Liberty Media, when they come and they and they they came and and bought uh, the Formula One series and Formula One management, so you can see that Aston Martin is you know here to stay. They're making the investments, um, but they also mentioned in that article um, that it's going to be the reverse MTC, which is the McLaren Technology Center, because everything is going to have a purpose. I think the what what I think is a dig at McLaren, and it's kind of kinda true. When Ron Dennis built the MTC, uh, with his own two hands, in '04, yeah, um, it was more to be aesthetically pre- pleasing, but it wasn't it wasn't uh, conducive to to the actual work to the actual work and wow, making everything everything run. And that place was gorgeous. Yeah. By the way. Here he's just dropping it aesthetically pleasing, conducive. <laughs> what else? <laughs> All these vocabulary words. Bro. Damn, bro, you bashing on my I'm still education? here. Yes. yes, I'm still here. You bashing on my education? <laughs> I'm still here. <laughs> no, but I'm you're not, right. With the words, I have not run away yet. <laughs> it's got to be a cohesive. Like it, it, we yeah. have a hard time. Like like Yancy said, I'm in corporate, but I'm mm-hmm. in construction. So there's a lot of temporary facilities, and mm-hmm. we have a hard time with making sure everybody's involved and the ideas are communicated and all the news is communicated throughout the whole team. I can't imagine what it's like running a... On F1 team. We're building a building. It's easy compared to something as complex and technical as a Formula One car. Which is a campus. Meaning in a meeting, you're like, who's here from engineering? They'll be back tomorrow into the building. They're in the other building. And I'll tell you what. Let's zoom in. You you also have to take into account too, like for example, you have McLaren and you have Ferrari who are also manufacturers. Um, not so much Mercedes because obviously Mercedes' home base is in Stuttgart, but they have their F1 headquarters in uh, in Brackley and and uh, Brickle, I think, whatever. I, I forget. But Brickle's Miami, dude. Is it Brickle? <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait for the Miami GP. Anyways, but um, but th- these are these are companies that also build and manufacture road cars. And obviously, they take the they there's some tech not there's some carryover in technology between these race cars and road cars. They all have GT programs as well, and that's all under one roof. So you can feed off each other and take different technologies and put them in different areas of your company, um, which is something that they also they the um um what uh, Lauren Stroh mentioned that there's gonna be, they're gonna be branching out. Actually, they they hired Martin. Was it? No, no. <laughs> Warren, uh, uh, was it White White Marsh? Or? Yes, that's yeah, it. Whitmarsh. White, the Whitmarsh, uh, former uh, McLaren F1 boss, to actually to bring in all these technologies together to see where they can branch out in other areas um, where the technology that they use in building these race cars, they can they can sell it and be beneficial for other industries. So, um, on their cost cap. 
Well, I mean, the, the cost cap is for the race. I know, I know. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. Other thing. But it's just, you can see the commitment. That you is. can see, obviously, yeah. that uh, Lauren Stroll is an investor, not only just in the racing team, but he owns a racing team, but he's an investor in the in Aston, Aston Martin. Martin as far as their road cars. You can see how they're marrying this stuff together. And they just have one big campus where they can, you know, grow and be a competitor of an F1 team, which is great for us because we have another team that wants to compete for the championship. More competition. Better drama, baby. Lance Stroll needs to start investing in me. Um, <laughs> Lawrence. Larry. Larry. Big Larry. Uh, <laughs> Mr. <Miss> Incredible. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. From there, let's um, jump into our Russian Grand Prix preview. So, da-da-da-da. Ruben will lead us in our... Uh, <laughs> Ruben, the question master. Go ahead and lead Question us. master. Yep. Quiz master. Whoa. Let's throw an easy one that I found. Easy one. Yeah, this one just... Here we go. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, name the driver that was officially nicknamed the Torpedo at the Russian country. Kvyat. Daniel Kvyat. What did you say? Daniel Kvyat. Uh, by his home race. By Vettel. By Sebastian Vettel. Because he torpedoed Vettel. How many Russian drivers have competed in their home Grand Prix? Why are you Google searching? Three? Name them. Mm. Kivya? Sorotkin? Yeah. I don't know the third. Well, how do you know it's three? Well, <laughs> that's the right answer. Yeah. He forgot the one the one that's active now. He never he's raced not a, there. He's not, so he has two. not raced there, and he's not under the Russian flag. Yeah. So technically... Yes, so technically, right. I'm wrong. Technically, you're you're. But I'm wrong. right. But I, named I was going to say of them. two. How, how, but I did name the... both of them. Okay, so two. <laughs> no, no, it's the, the answer is three, which would match him. But he hasn't competed. He will compete this year. Dude, but that wasn't the question. <laughs> okay, okay, next question. <laughs> Hold on, what was it? Ah <laughs> 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 oh, man. Name the team besides Mercedes to have a driver at pole position at the Russian Grand Prix. Ferrari. Yep. Charles Leclerc. Mm-hmm. And Beto. Both of them? Yeah. They have Beto in 2017 and Leclerc in 2019. Yeah. I think Beto won in 2017. No. No, it was Bottas' first win, right? Yes. Yeah, okay. It's close, though. He just fucking said that. Like that. <laughs> he just said the next answer. <laughs> Whatever. Like 2017. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> what was the question? No, it was something related to Bottas. Forget it now. Uh, okay. <laughs> it's his favorite, favorite track. Uh, keep my mouth shut. So, so let's go into the history now. Obviously, there's not too much history to discuss from this place since uh, since it's been in the, in the calendar since 2014, and I'm pretty sure most people that have been there have fallen asleep. <laughs> <laughs> but it isn't uh, I found out that it was supposed to happen actually in 1984 right after the Summer Olympics but this one happened in obviously 2014 eight months after the Winter Olympics was staged uh, like I said the race has been known to be a snooze fest uh, in 2017 there was an extension sign so we could see the rushing Grand Prix all the way to 2025 uh, in 2023-2023 it will be moving to, I don't know if I'm saying the name, Igora or Igora Drive. Igora Drive, yeah. 
Igor Adrav. Because obviously the lack like of fans in this place mm. is what pushed them to bring mm. changes. They know it's boring. That track looks uh, has looks like it has a way better layout than this. No, no, that's yeah, because yeah. I was it's so she, you know. And you know, it has not been, been flavored. It has not been blessed with overtaking, so that's not not much action. Ninety uh, degree turn. It's actually in twenty twenty, which is last year. It was one of the few races that was held on their original scheduled date in the calendar. Most races obviously was shifted around and stuff like that. Most races didn't happen, and it was held behind. I think it was the only one with fans last year. Only, oh yeah, only, that's the right. only fans one. The only fans. <laughs> 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 it was at fifty percent capacity. This year will be also at fifty percent capacity. Uh, highlights on this place have been obviously Mercedes has won all seven Grand Prix so far. That's answering your question. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ferrari, you know, like I said earlier in the question, Ferrari is the only team besides Mercedes to be at Paul. Uh, it was Bottas' first Grand Prix, like I said earlier in 2017. First Grand Prix win. Yes, Bottas' first Grand Prix win. I'm sorry. Uh, in 2018, Team Motors came into play where Bottas was leading and did the switch with Hamilton so he could. That was uh, Valtteri's James? <laughs> was yeah, it? Yeah, I think it was. Was it? Yeah, I think it was. He was, he was asked to switch places with Hamilton yeah. to help um, Black Black better from catching up. Yes. And also last year there was a big crash when uh, Carlos Sainz followed Max into the runoff, but Max made the turn. Carlos Sainz didn't. And he had the big the big crash in that corner where the car was, was that almost on in. Turn five, was it? I did um, not even search the turn. I just remember the, the highlights passing. Was, oh my God, it had to happen in this thing. And that's all I got for history. There's nothing here. What yeah. do you got for history, Wells? I got nothing, dog. How about you, Yancy? Do you remember anything? Yeah, the only thing I remember was uh, the uh, the Ferrari, um, the, uh, the the duo of Charles Leclerc and Sebastian Vettel bubbling over this track. I think it was last year, where uh, Leclerc got pole. Oh no, no, it was was it Vettel? No, Leclerc got pole. Oh, twenty nineteen then. Yeah, yeah. Oh, twenty nineteen. Yeah, yeah, Leclerc got pole, and uh, and they were supposed to give each other a slipstream because they were the favorites to win. And uh, yeah, that's when things started really getting nasty between Vettel and uh, and Leclerc. So that's and the Charlie. interesting. That's yep. the interesting part of this track that that first when you start this track, it's uh, turn one is essentially like non-existent, right? Yeah, it's it's it's, it's just a kink. It's just road. a kink. It's it's and essentially it's, a very 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 long straight in which and it's wide too and very wide, great great for overtaking. That's what's been happening the last couple of years that. On the rundown to turn two, uh, the toe from the cars in front really assists car, uh, the drivers two and three and four coming up behind them. Uh, so it's really like the only good spot for overtaking. Yeah, really. you could say that, or maybe turn thirteen, but you don't see a lot of overtakes there either. So it's a ninety degree turn, bro. The ninety degree turn, especially when the we're first gonna corners. See, we're just, gonna see. I, I feel like we've seen some. Crazy overtaking on these wide turns. In like Austria, we saw a bunch of that. Yeah. Um, so this is going to be a major problem for Max Verstappen, right? If Perez doesn't qualify at or near the top, or if they don't, like if it happens again, like it happened in Monza when he didn't get a toe, that he couldn't go anywhere. Yeah, but r- what I'm saying is that the issue is going to be at the start of the race, mm-hmm. past qualifying. If it's the two Mercedes and Max Verstappen, there's no way he wins. If he's on pole, third, second, whatever it is, no. he's going to get blocked out. Because both, and also both Hamilton and both Tesco well here. I mean, it's a Mercedes track. It's a Mercedes track. Every single year since 2014. 
Um, and obviously they're fast on straights, which is their strength this year. Um, yeah. Uh, Red, the Red Bull's better through the corners, but. There's not a lot here. It's not a lot here. It's 90 degree turns. It's not like you have to go through the tight corners or anything like what that. What is it? Sector three's got. A, it, it starts Sec- with like a hairpin and then like it gets a couple I of 90s. I mean, that's where, you, that's where you're probably going to see the Red Bull, you Shine. know, pull some lap time in. But as far as that, the rest of the track is all Mercedes. Bro. So our predictions for, I'll go first, for, for even for qualifying, Hamilton bought us for Stappen. And yes. then, and then probably Lando, and then Danny Ricardo, if yeah. he keeps it up. Yeah. I think the Mercedes engines are going to be crazy killer again this race. Yeah, and, and McLaren has uh, the sail in their winds, to say the least, after last weekend. Um, yeah, I'm, he I'm, never left. By the way, okay? I see Bottas taking pole, uh, followed by Hamilton, and then we'll see uh, uh, Verstappen, and then. Um, Say Danny Rick and then Ricardo. I think Rick, it'll be Rick and then Ricardo. <laughs> Danny Rick and Ricardo. Danny Rick. Only what? He's, he's gonna be so fast. Yep. Yeah, that he's gonna outshine Lando. Not Danny Rick then Lando, uh, but it, it'll be close between um, Leclerc and Lando for that fifth spot. And maybe uh, Gasly will get in the mix too, man. Gasly's driving real well. He out of six out of the fourteen times, uh, fourteen races, he's gotten. Six, he's qualified sixth mm-hmm. in six races. Yeah. That's pretty good, I think, for an Alpha Tari. Ruben, what do you think? No, it's going to be that. It's going to be a Mercedes track. Uh, qualifying will be, I think both of us will qualify Hamilton in this one. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And He's a great qualifier, dude. He is. Especially on this track. He kills it. But and, uh, here is where you don't want to be the top. I know, exactly. But that's, what, that's what's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> that's why I said it. Well, he did back. I, I mean, he did. I, I think wasn't it last year where he, on kind of on purpose he was said I don't know if he did it on purpose but he did get he went and came in second he thought it was it was better for him to be in second but then he just boggled the start the start yeah they were, I think it was last year here yeah yeah oh so. where he couldn't get off the brakes yes <laughs> yeah so so yeah it was gonna be it's gonna be qualifying will be Bottas Hamilton Verstappen um, if Danny Rick carries, carries the momentum, he'll, he'll be there in fourth and fifth Orlando. Not far behind, obviously, by, by Leclerc. And the race is not going to be just a little switch around with the driver's watch. It's going to be Hamilton winning. Hamilton winning, both a second, Verstappen yeah. third. You agree? Yeah, I mean, because as good as a qualifier as Bottas is. Um, He's not a race winner. No, he's fast. I mean, <laughs> Hamilton's just faster than yep. him. Well, mean, and there's nothing wrong with that. It's just that he's just faster than Beyond him. that, if Boras is ahead, mm-hmm. I, a 100% see team orders come into play. Yeah, yeah it, absolutely. This season, it's gonna, it has to be. Yeah, absolutely. Shaping I think, up to I be think that. now you have to do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I don't think Botas will find anything wrong with that at this point. He's out of the championship. But we're forgetting one thing. Max has grip penalties. And I think he's going to start from the back. Oh, right. That's so, right. So that's something that... We're going to get to Thank you, Ruben. Three-place grid penalty is the result of the accident. So the highest he can start will be fourth? The highest, the absolute highest he can start is fourth, yes. If he qualifies. However, I'll qualify as Hamilton. He still, what's his name? Helmut Marco said uh, on Twitter today, or he was quoted on Twitter today as having said that they're not going to make a determination as far as changing the engine and taking that penalty until Saturday. Bullshit. <laughs> right? You have to take it now. 
And that's just kind of gamesmanship to just kind of throw Mercedes off of the off of the uh, the scent there. Yeah. Um, I think you got to take it here, right? Because you're already taking three places. Yeah. I mean, why not? I mean, you got to take it anyway. So if he would have taken it, and this would probably be the the track to do it because they're not very strong on this track. So not that they're not very strong. This current iteration of the Red Bull car. It's strong, but not as strong as the Mercedes. Yeah. I mean, and then the races that are coming up after this, you have Turkey, U.S., Mexico, Brazil, Saudi Arabia, and Abu Dhabi. These are all tracks now that will swing in the favor of Red Bull. Um, So, yeah, I would take it here. I mean, it's either that or maybe the other track to take it would be I mean, I don't think the engine will get to Saudi Arabia because it's no, penultimate race. And then you might have another race uh, on the 19th, which is, it looks like, what, Qatar? Qatar. Qatar. <laughs> so so I, this is the place to take it. You got to go. This is a track that, like you said, they're not going to really be favored to win. It's not their style of track, so just do it now and get it out of the way. Right. Uh, aside from that, um, I want to talk about some teams. Alpine, they are they have been steadily improving. Mm-hmm. Last couple of races, this last year we were saying this is a Renault type of track, right? Mm-hmm. High speed. What do we what do we see from them? Do we see continued improvement? Do we see them challenging for six, seven, eighth? Um, Ocon has been great. Fernando Alonso still it's got it. Fernando never Alonso. left, just like Danny Rick. Yeah. Um, do we see potentially a surprise here? They they um. They've said, they've said that they should be back to normal. Monza to to get the result that they get out they they got at Monza was actually pretty good for them because they weren't expecting much. Um, but this track actually suits them a little bit better because you have more corners. I mean, Monza's straight up like just quick. So um, this will suit them better. I feel that yeah, they'll be. I don't. I mean, they'll be right after the Ferraris, maybe fighting with the Alfatoris. Um, but they'll be up there, but I don't see them competing with a McLaren or or, or a Ferrari. I don't think so. Yeah, but, but they'll be in the far. points. They'll definitely be in the points. Both cars. Mm-hmm. They've been obviously in the last, They've been trying to maintain themselves in the points. Obviously, you know, incident happens in front of them, so they take advantage of all of that. But. So then, baseline would be like nine and ten, right? If you yeah, have I mean, if they're the Mercedes, the Red Bulls, the McLarens, and the Ferraris, that's eight cars, and then nine and ten Alpine. Yeah, if they don't score points with both cars, it would that would be a disappointment for them. Yes, in this range. Even if it's like two or one or two points. You don't think Gasly will be fighting up there? Yeah, he will. He will. I, I think mean, he's going to be set up for like a good qualifying, more yeah. so than a good race. I mean, where you qualify is going to be important. Obviously, when you get to the midfield, they're a little bit, you know, bunched up closer, a little bit you know, more together. But, um, but yeah, it depends. I mean, I definitely don't see Sonoda up there, but Gasly would probably be the only one that would be. He would curse you out right now if if he heard you say that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So Aston Martin, not even worth talking about. Williams, not even like unless Stroll or Vettel pull a rabbit out of their hat, not even worth talking about, right? Yeah. Avatar, we just talked about Haas. Nothing. Williams. Williams has been okay. They've been they're, scoring they points. They haven't been bad. They haven't been bad. They've been haven't. scoring points, but it's like when cars go out, they've been able to score. But, Remember Gio? No, no, no. On the grind. We should yeah, talk Alfa about. Romeo, should talk about Haas. It's a 
fierce teammate battle there. Fierce teammate battle. <laughs> zero versus zero. Yeah, they hate each other. Now, <laughs> I don't yeah. know. Now they keep freaking. All right. Well, they hate each other. The race for last, baby. The race for last. No, there's definitely going to be like towards the, you know towards I would say six, seven, eight, and stuff like that. It's going to be obviously Gassi has solidified six fucking places, but seven, eight, and nine. You know, all of those places. Because if Giovanazzi has a qualifying like he did in Monza, he'll be in top ten. That's the man, the Bergamo bullet, baby. <laughs> so guys, anything oh, else before we wrap this thing up? Nancy? No. Good. All right, so. Off to Russia. Da. Dos vidanya. Um, what? Mm-hmm. Huh? Jump to Start Racing Podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, and Stitcher. That's where you can find us on podcast players. We're also on YouTube. Jump to Start Racing Podcast. Hello. Um, at Jump to Start F1 on Twitter and Instagram. Come through, say hi. Check out our memes. Check out our postings. Say hi via Twitter at Jump to Start F1 again for those that missed it. Subscribe. Subscribe to us on YouTube. If you've seen more than one video, please make sure to hit the like button, subscribe button, hit that bell, thumbs up, etc. Leave a review for us if you can on any of the podcast platforms. I'll repeat them again. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, and Stitcher. God, you're so good at that. And until next time, enjoy the race. Peace. Peace.